Welcome to the Power Trends Podcast, produced by the New York Independent System Operator, where we discuss energy planning, public policy, and other issues affecting New York's power grid. Welcome back to another edition of the New York ISO's Power Trends Podcast. I'm Kevin Lanahan, Vice President of External Affairs and Corporate Communications, and today I'm with Rich Dewey, President and CEO of the New York ISO. Rich, you were the guest on our inaugural podcast. It's great to have you back again. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, it's some exciting, challenging times we're going through here at the New York ISO, and I'm happy to be able to sit here and describe what our plans are, what the vision is, and, and uh, as we chart a path forward and what we're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to discuss your recent State of the Grid address, which you gave before stakeholders on Wednesday, January 22nd, of your vision and mission for the New York ISO going forward during this unprecedented time of change in the grid, change for the competitive wholesale electric markets, change we're seeing in energy technology and public policy. A major theme was certainly the need for change. You called for creativity, discipline, and collaboration on issues in a way that perhaps the industry hasn't collaborated or coalesced before. Uh, You highlighted a number of proactive steps that the New York ISO is taking to address this new paradigm. But your message wasn't just intended for the stakeholder audience, Rich. It was clearly intended to get across these themes and, and priorities to the regulatory community, policymakers, lawmakers, opinion leaders. So if you could just start us off with a summary of that address, the major highlights you want these different groups and our listeners to take away with them. Sure, Kevin. Thanks. Yeah. You know, when you look at what's happening in the industry right now, we are on the cusp of a very, very dramatic change. And the pace of that change is really being driven by aggressive legislation Uh, that's coming from uh, the policy of New York State. When you look at how our grid and how our markets are set up, it was really built to address a different set of policies from a time in the past when the focus was on coming up with what was the cheapest, lowest cost solution to minimize the impact to rate payers and to shift the risk of investment from the rate payers to private developers. Now, with climate change being such a, uh, an urgent concern on the part of policymakers and state government, uh, clean energy is, uh, is valued considerably more than it was in the past. Now, recognizing these markets have been phenomenally successful in achieving the goals and the policies of the past, we think that they're very well positioned and adaptable to be able to address the policies of the future. And when you look at what we need to accomplish, it's really just a matter of being able to come up with creative, innovative solutions that address the current policy needs and provide the same value of reliability and market efficiency for consumers. Yeah, and you're, you're speaking about the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act that the legislature approved back in June of 2019. The governor signed into law. The state is underway in terms of implementing that. Uh, you feel like we have a role in helping the state meet the renewable investment and decarbonization goals under that under that act? I think we've got a tremendous opportunity to position our markets and to help the state achieve these goals. When you look at how these how aggressive these goals are, and when you start looking at the types of investment that we need and the rate and the pace with which we need to track that investment to the grid, a market signal is really the only means that's going to be successful in, in attracting that kind of development. And much of your address pivoted off of this recent report that we issued uh, called the Grid and Transition Report. So walk us through some of the major themes of that report and specifically some of the goals in that. 
So the, the grid and transition is really the blueprint that we've devised to help utilize the markets to be able to lead the transition of this electric system in New York State and really focus on two elements of that. One is maintaining the reliability that New Yorkers expect and demand, and then also leveraging the market to be able to attract the kind of investment that would help New York State achieve the goals that are identified under the CLCPA. Uh, There's a number of elements to that, very specific deliverables. Uh, First and foremost, we continue to look at carbon pricing as the most effective and efficient means to be able to attract that kind of investment. Putting the price of carbon into the energy markets will send that price signal that developers uh, will respond to and react to. It will attract the right kind of resources located in the right locations on the grid in order to assure the highest level of reliability. And it will provide that economic means that will not only attract the right kind of resources, but will incentivize innovation that'll be necessary to hit some of those longer term goals. Carbon pricing is very much still a work in progress with a lot of increasing momentum. We've gotten um, a number of uh, diverse groups to come forward and endorse the proposal before stakeholders. Can you uh, talk about what that's been like hearing from the green community and labor? endorsing this? Absolutely. We've been very, very pleased with the kind of attention that we've gotten from diverse sectors, as you mentioned. The environmental groups recognize the power of markets and the value that a carbon price could bring to incentivizing the development in that area. We've been very pleased to see that the IBEW and labor has recognized that putting the price of carbon into the energy markets will attract the kind of development that will not only allow New York State to achieve the goals, but also would lead to economic advantages and and jobs. And we've also seen some endorsements from the developers, those folks that are responsible for uh, building the renewable wind turbines and storage facilities and and solar facilities around the state. That's right. Uh, The wind developers themselves recognize that uh, this is the most effective pricing signal that will result in economic transmission and more effective build out of the transmission system that's going to be so important for moving that power from the upstate region uh, where most of it is generated down to the uh, down to the load centers in New York City and Long Island. And and of course, the governor just highlighted, we don't have details of this yet, but uh, they're supposed to be forthcoming, additional investments in the transmission system, specifically upstate New York. So we think that carbon signal can help support uh, whatever that project might be as well. That's right. It'll only improve the economics of any any investment that New York State's going to make in that uh, that transmission infrastructure. So you also focused on, and this is uh, in the grid and transition report, um, additional energy and ancillary services design enhancements. So bring listeners up to speed on and what that means and what a couple of those items are. Carbon pricing is one of the most important elements, but it's not the only aspect and it's not the only improvement enhancement that we need. The energy price is the most effective means to be able to get the kind of performance and uh, characteristics out of the generation fleet to meet reliability. A couple of specific enhancements that we're looking at is uh, enhancing the quick start pricing and also uh, developing products to incentivize ramping and load following. Uh, Introducing that capability and and that signal into the energy and ancillary service prices will drive the right kind of behaviors that we need uh, and ultimately will yield uh, better reliability. We're also looking at uh, adding more granular operating reserves that will target price signals for locations where it's most effective and most important to provide it. Is it 
fair to say a collection of these uh, projects and approaches make the grid more flexible, makes our markets more flexible. We're going to need technology that we can call on that will not take as long as traditional generators that we've been used to will take to get online. And this provides that kind of a flexibility and provides for support of the intermittent technologies. Absolutely. When you look at uh, the types of characteristics of the renewable fleet, it's much more intermittent. It's less predictable. So the other assets on the grid need to be more flexible. They need to be more responsive and they need to be able to uh, respond to price signals more quickly in order to maximize the capability and the effectiveness really of the intermittent resources, whether it's wind or solar. You also talked about buyer side mitigation. I don't know if all of our listeners are very familiar with what that is, but uh, this was definitely something you spent some time on. So can you describe what that is and then how we're approaching it here? Our rules in New York for buyer side mitigation were designed before we had the understanding of the incredible and intense uh, additions we were going to see in these types of uh, subsidized resources. So what we've done is we've recognized that with the certainty and the level of the penetration we're going to see of these renewable resources, the rules that we put in place, which really were designed when the amount of renewables were on the margins or on the edge, is not sustainable in this new reality. So we recognize that we need to address this inconsistency between our current set of rules and what we need to have in place to ensure a timely and orderly transition of the generation fleet. And we're committed to doing that. And we know that we can do that through our stakeholder process. And while it's a pretty complicated issue, we have a lot of faith that our stakeholders working together can come up with a solution that would uh, allow this transition to take place. You spoke about the shared governance process. I'll um, remind listeners that here at the NISO, we provide a, uh, a process for um, a great array of interests in the markets and in the grid to come together and to work on changes that are going to affect all of New Yorkers. So that's uh, state interests, environmental interests, investors, developers. But can you talk about uh, the stakeholder process and your experience with it over the 20 years? The NISO stakeholder process is an amazing process. When, when you sit back and think about how our markets operate, um, first you got to go back to really to the to the tariff. And we operate under a set of rules that get approved by the FERC down in Washington. But those rules were developed by our customers, our stakeholders. And when you consider that they come from such a diverse background in terms of their objectives and the business that they represent, it's really amazing that everybody can come together and agree upon a consensus. And anytime we need to change those rules, we have to go back to the stakeholders and they ultimately have the final say over whether the rules are going to change and how these markets are going to evolve. So it involves uh, a, a set of very diverse people coming together to solve very technical, complicated problems and doing so in a way that they can achieve consensus. It really works so much better in New York than it does anywhere else in the country. And it's an incredible testament, not only to the faith and the trust the stakeholders have in the New York ISO, but also the New York ISO's employees and management uh, deferring and relying on the stakeholders to be able to work through those complicated issues. So it's an amazing collaboration. It really is. I liken it to a mini legislative process. Um, and I think the complexity is also the beauty of it. We've got state interests, federal interests, consumer interests, environmental stakeholders, developers, investors, so on and so forth. And of course, the utilities themselves that have to deliver and serve customers at that 
at that level. And it is amazing to see an idea from its inception work its way through the process and support the technology, the grid, reliability, consumers. It's, I think, fair to say that the decisions that are made in those solutions, as you say, at the end of the process, it's amazing to see a, a show of hands as, uh, as a final approval before um, those tariff changes are made. That's exactly right. And when you look at what's ahead of us and what we're facing in terms of the radical changes that we're going to need, uh, both to our markets, to our resource adequacy model, and the procedures of how the markets need to change in order to accommodate all these new resources, I think that the New York ISO stakeholders are really best positioned to come up with the creative solutions that we're going to need to uh, lead the path forward for the evolution of these markets into the future. No, I think the, the faith in that backbone, if you will, is, uh, is evident, not just here in New York, but uh, elsewhere. It's really the secret sauce uh, in, in terms of understanding how New York has been successful in achieving the energy policies of the last 20 years, and it positions us well to move forward into the future. You also spoke about resource adequacy, and this is an issue that the Public Service Commission is also focused on. They've um, initiated a proceeding. Uh, there's comments that have been submitted from a wide array of, of stakeholders and, and interested parties. Uh, I'm wondering if you can describe for our listeners the focus that we have with regard to the capacity markets these days. Um, that, of course, has to change as well. And to, to reflect, as, as you're talking about here today, the... Uh, expected penetration of renewables and new technologies. Whenever you're faced with such a radical set of changes that we see coming towards us and the changeover in the generation fleet, it makes perfect sense to want to examine the model and make sure that you've got the right kind of program in place. Uh, New York State has initiated this proceeding to do just that. Um, I think it, it makes a whole lot of sense to question whether the models that were built for the system of the past is going to work for the system of the future. And, uh, you know, we think that our capacity markets have worked very well uh, to serve the reliability needs of New York State, but we also think it makes sense to examine whether it's the right system going forward. So we're happy to participate in that. Uh, we do think that, uh, that the model that we have in place and the integration between our capacity, energy, and ancillary service markets serves New York well, it serves the consumers well, and it maintains reliability in a, at a very, very high level for New Yorkers. But at the same time, we think it's worth taking a look at that. And, uh, and if there's changes that we need to make to that model, we're prepared to make those changes. We're talking about reliability and we're, and we're talking about efficiency. And I think it's fair to say that um, under your leadership, the New York ISO would be looking at, at the capacity market and enhancements that are necessary, whether the proceeding was initiated or not. Absolutely. Uh, we, we are continuously looking at our markets and looking at the rules and, and evolving the rules of those markets to meet the both the policy needs uh, as well as our, our core missions of reliability and efficient markets. I think we've demonstrated over time a willingness and ability to recognize that changing market conditions require changes to the rules and the constructs of how our markets operate. Uh, we're committed to that and we're highly confident that we can uh, make the changes necessary to accommodate to these changing conditions both on the grid and in the markets. You did mention uh DER rules, distributed energy resources rules, specifically on storage. That was a great success story of the stakeholder process and that kind of collaboration. Tell us a little bit more about support that our new rules will have for storage and DER. When you look at some of the recent changes we've made to the grid, you can see that this evolution has already started to happen. 
uh, the recognition that some of these new technologies like energy storage, like distributed energy resources, this is sort of the new wave of resources that we're seeing coming onto the grid. And we recognize early on that uh, having effective market rules in place to incentivize that kind of development was going to be critical to their success. So over the last 18 months, we've worked very, very closely with our stakeholders, with New York State, with with everybody who's uh, who's got a role to play in this grid transition. And we've come up with uh, what we think to be very effective market rules to allow energy storage and distributed energy resource assets to participate in our markets, to contribute towards reliability. And we're very excited about uh, introducing those rules into our markets and and really help drive the change and, and the introduction of those new technologies into the system. It's in a very important piece uh, to New York State's objectives. So 2020 represents the New York ISO's 20-year anniversary of competitive wholesale markets, and certainly we are at a, uh, an inflection point. You talked about guiding principles in your address before stakeholders. From a high level, you know, what do you see going forward as the, um, the priorities for the organization and employees and, and what should our stakeholders and, uh, and opinion leaders and policymakers expect from you and your leadership in, in the New York ISO going forward? Well, first and foremost, we will not lose sight of our core mission of maintaining reliability of the grid and everything that we do from a market evolution, from a market enhancement standpoint has to be grounded in the notion that reliability is job one. And we continue to focus on that and everything we do in our in our processes and our procedures and our improvements is really geared towards maintaining that level of reliability that's uh, that's so critical to the economy and to the safety and society of New York State. We continue to value the benefits of markets, and when you start thinking about delivering that reliable service to New Yorkers, you always want to be able to do it at the most cost-effective, efficient means. So you talked about the stakeholder process and the, the collaboration that happens there with the diverse interests and their ability to come together. You've also gotten out of the office um, a great deal. You've gone to talk to lawmakers, the press, uh, regulators, both in D.C. and here in Albany. I think you're a great catalyst for bringing all those parties together, too. What are some of the themes and takeaways you get from those folks that you're speaking with? People recognize that we are committed as an organization to serve the goals and the needs of the energy consumer within New York State. And the people that we've engaged with appreciate the incredibly complicated job it is to maintain the level of reliability and market function that there is in New York. But there's also the recognition, the willingness to change, to adapt, and in many instances to, uh, to make some sweeping changes to make sure that this organization and that this system is set up to meet the needs of New Yorkers and the policies of New York State uh, for the next 20 years. I think that's an amazing message and a great note to end on. Rich, it's been a pleasure. Um, It was a terrific address. Thanks for your leadership and thanks for being here today. Thanks, Kevin. uh, And thank you for the opportunity to be able to tell our story. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, the New York Independent System Operator, NISO for short, is responsible for reliably managing New York's power grid and energy markets and providing independent data to policymakers and the public. For more independent info, please visit the NISO blog at www.nyiso.com blog.